another week. We are at episode 11, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. We, uh, we just hosted a, an Awake conference in Perth uh, this weekend, just gone. And uh, for this episode of Prophecy Times, we are going to show you some excerpts from uh, the Q&A session, which was our final session for the day. Now, this Awake conference in Perth uh, was held at Camp Wattle Grove and we were blessed to have a number of really solid uh, solid people opening the Word of God to us and with us. Um, we, had, uh, we heard from Kevin Vigas from the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, Ministries. We heard from Pastor Stuart Marks of Calvary Chapel, Perth. We heard from Pastor Dave Carr from our, uh, our own fellowship down here in Bustleton and Bunbury. Uh, we heard from myself and our very own Steve Cox hosted uh, the conference for the day. So we're going to hear uh, from this final session, this Q&A session today, which is essentially a Bible prophecy Q&A, if you will. Uh, so I encourage you now to open up your Bibles uh, and prepare your hearts for the Word of God. We hope you enjoy it. Much love and God bless. Um, we don't have any questions in the box, but does anyone got one that they could ask? Put your hand up and we'll run that. What, what what do you want to know? I mean, it's always going back to Daniel and Revelation, all of all of Joshua. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't need yeah, Mark. Yeah. I, I've got my own, have I? No. No, that's just that's the recording. Oh, let's go. Let me just talk and hope something happens. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the key thing is to understand the distinction between the Mosaic Covenant and the New Covenant. Once you get that clear, a lot of those things fall away. Because once you, if you think we have to follow the Mosaic Covenant, you're always going to get into confusion and trouble. Which parts, which parts do I keep, which parts I don't keep? Mm. And a lot of the Seventh-day theology is re-embracing the Mosaic Covenant. When you realise and prophesy very clearly, a new covenant is coming, and when it comes, it abrogates the old. It's, it is very clear in there. Um, and it makes things clear in my ministry. I explain that with my Jewish friends. Um, help them understand why I don't eat, why I do eat pork. I don't eat pork. There's lots of ham uh, because I'm free in this covenant to do that. And they agree when Messiah comes, they will be free to follow his law, not Moses' law. They just don't believe he's come yet. So Seventh-day Adventists are similar. Let's look at the commands and the commands in there so we should follow them. It's the wrong era. They think a whole bunch of different interesting, particularly doctrine in relation to last days, which I, th I think is challenging. But I think what Kevin said is right. The, the thing I find interesting is that they pick and choose which, uh, which commands to follow. So Sabbath is really important. Uh, Saturday worship, not Sunday. Uh, they somehow, there's a lot of spiritualizing that goes on. So they connect Sunday worship with being the mark of the beast. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things doctrinally that they get warped and mostly those come through uh, Ellen White uh, and, and those, which is interesting because it's like, like um, I forget if it's J-dubs or Mormonism, but it's like a new revelation from um, Jesus. But actually 
the new revelation is uh, the New Testament. He is the word. We don't need another revelation. Um, mm-hmm. You just need to explain to them that the, um, uh, the law is for Israel has nothing to do with the Israel of God. Mm. That can generally finish the argument. Mm. Another question? Good question. Mm. It is a good question. Mm. Yeah, we need to know our word. And it's, uh, so it's good to challenge it. Mm. Well, I've got a question. Mm. One of you three can answer it. <laughs> Um, literally, is King David going to rule and are uh, all the Jews going to walk on the earth again? <laughs> David spoke to that. <laughs> he, he spoke to that. Well, I said that, yeah. I, I believe that's what it teaches, those two verses in Ezekiel 34 and two in Ezekiel 37. And as I said, there's no reason to take it any other way because I believe David will be resurrected by that point. Um, I'm happy to see what other people think because I've articulated my views already. Mm. We, we got Hebrews 11. None of them have received what they've been promised. None mm. of them. So that together with us, we will all enjoy the kingdom of God that was promised to us. So it's all. Now David hasn't got what he's promised. Mm. Moses didn't even get to see the promised land. didn't even get to go to the promised land. Um, but yeah, in the future... They will all get literally what they were promised. Mm-hmm. As God says it, God will keep it. God means what he says and says what he means. That's how I take it. If, um, if you don't have the time to make uh, Kevin's March uh, Israel tour, the awesome thing is that we're going to get to hang out with King David in Israel in the Millennial Kingdom. <laughs> um, Guaranteed. So, <laughs> so that, that will literally come to pass. Uh, I really love the, um, the fact that... Uh, our end destination is actually earth, um, new heaven and new earth. Many people talk about our destination being heaven and this ethereal kind of view of what heaven looks like and heaven will be, uh, but actually we're just there for a, a snippet and then we're back back down and we get to be a thousand years on earth ruling and reigning with Jesus and then eternity uh, in the new heaven and new earth and new Jerusalem. So we'll get to see David soon. Mm. <laughs> why, why, why is that? Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Last will be first. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> There's going to be some amazing people to talk to in the in the kingdom. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> so Steve, was there another part to what you said? No. No. Okay. Seem to be, mm. it's 
The first thought that came to mind is that we are in uh, a world as in the days of Noah. We talked about that earlier today. We're in a world that is darkening. Uh, the Bible says it's going to get worse. Uh, there's a lot of people doctrinally over the years that, that have claimed that uh, Christians are going to take over the world and the world is going to get better and we're going to prepare the way for Jesus to come. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the world's going to get worse and worse and worse. And so I guess what I would say in the darkening, um, where, where does the light come from? It comes from Christ. And I think the more we can be in this book, the more we can uh, have that book in our heart, uh, the more we can, in moments in our life where opportunities arise, where things present, uh, those words are on our lips. Those words are in our heart. Um, and all of a sudden, our actions become more light-like, if you will, in the darkness. Um, so I think this, this is our key in, in these times. Um, I love... Uh, so our little fellowship is uh, kind of in Bustleton and Bunbury is uh, connected and supported by one of the ministries out of Calvary Chapel, uh, Jack Hibbs's church. And I love what he says about... Um, this he says not to operate it drowsily uh, because it's the sword of the spirit uh, and we need to operate it but we need to take it very seriously it's God's word and it's a powerful tool uh, it's a powerful weapon for the believer in these times yeah, we are the light of the world is that right? Mm. Mm. Well, that's, that's mm. the verse I was digging around in um, it's the idea because Christ is the light of the world but he says that we're also the light of the world which means that his light in us should be shining through us. So I guess our job is to learn by being with him and looking at his word and coming to things like this to get out of the way of his light coming out of us. I like to think of it getting out of the way, take our mm. selfishness and all our fleshliness out of the way so that he can shine through us because it's not our goodness, it's his goodness in us. So it's just that lifelong task of laying our lives down so that we can be more light. I've got two pictures, one gloomy and one nice. Let's start with the nice. Um, I think just find what you love doing out in the world Mm. and love other people doing it. Mm. Um, Because you look at most missions, including what I do, that's what we do. 
I love music, I love Hebrew, I love Israel, I love the Jewish people, so I just go and do it. Yeah. And they know. And I've got another scenario where, um, well, let me say, my wife's a painter, she's an oil painter. She loves what she does, and as a natural result, she relates as a Christian in that sphere. And I think sometimes we don't hear the big stories in church anymore because that's not the era we're in. But I'm amazed how many little stories I hear of people just being the light where they are and doing amazing things. I was thinking, bubbling around as a guy, another guy who goes to uni is connecting with a Muslim guy and they're talking about the difference between their faiths. So just be a light where you are and learn to love the people in it as well. Um, now the gloomy one. Um, I think we've got to remember in this context, we're in a wartime scenario. And um, just last night I watched um, a movie of the, the lady spies who uh, went into France to, um, to fight for the Allies or to get information through to the Allies. And what struck me by the whole thing was they chose what they were going to die for. It was a true story. So even when she got safely back to England, she said, I've got, to, I've got all these tools now, I know. I'm going to go back to France. And, and she actually survived, amazingly. <laughs> um, but the mindset is, well, I know what I'm living for. I'm willing to die for it. Yeah. Mm. So live in a wartime. And to add to that, though, don't be foolish. Mm. We, uh, we need to be wise and not throw Jesus out as many times as we can, as if the more times we say Jesus' name, the more effective our evangelism is. It might be that they know you're a Christian and the right place, time to say, I believe he's the Messiah, I believe he's the Saviour, is more meaningful than saying it 50 times every week and you just annoy people. Mm. So be in a wartime scenario because the end is near. It's just also going to add to that. Um, when we read uh, the writings of Paul, something we notice time and time again with Paul is his focus is the blessed hope. His focus is that moment when he will be transformed into the likeness of Christ completely. Um, his focus in all that he does is that time where he will be renewed and will be uh, with Jesus forever. And I, I think with that in mind, with that focus on the forefront of your mind, all of a sudden the crazy decision to go back into the war-torn place is is less of a big deal because your focus is here, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Um, and he, he might come back tonight, but he also might come back a little bit later. So I'm gonna go and be about his business while I'm waiting and watching for this awesome thing to come. That helps as well. It goes back to that point I was talking about in Germany, it's now, it's now in Australia. So if, you, if you're not abiding in Christ in your word daily, uh, you probably wouldn't wanna come. Mm. You know, if you're walking in the flesh and because uh, you know, you, your mindset's in a different place, you're not abiding in the presence of God. Lord, I need a little bit of help, a bit more knowledge. We come here, we get some more fuel for our tank and off we go and, and get some enthusiasm and uh, start sharing the gospel. And it's important. You know, I went to Africa. I, I never wanted to go to Africa. And I was a bit scared to go. I was people afraid you're mad to see you're silly, you'll get killed, you know. But uh, 1,200 people got saved men in jails uh, for just a couple of weeks' work. You know, it's not us, but we were there presenting. Mm. Uh, then going back to what the brother was saying, uh, my wife's uh, sister, multi-millionaire, a couple of times over, um, observed my wife for 30, 40 years, she's a believer, and then we had a problem about six or seven years ago, 
and she went straight to my wife and we, we came to Christ. Um, so that's, you know, just our life has been a sister. Also, my wife uh, is a nurse and met her father's daughter at 91 years of age on his deathbed. Um, he didn't like us very much because we were believers. He was not a believer, but he observed and watched. And the last uh, about nine or ten days before he died, my wife went into this room where he was, saying where she works, and uh, his face was filled with fear. He had tears in his eyes, and she said, "What's wrong, Dad?" He said, oh, "He couldn't talk." And she said, "You're fearful of going of dying." And he said, "Yes, I am." And she said, "You know that you're going to hell without Christ. You know that, don't you?" I think one of the um, challenges in this age now is that we've, I think in the church, we seem to have lost the urgency. We've lost the, um, the awareness that uh, Jesus' return for his people is imminent. Uh, we've lost that. Um, the, the Bible talks about, and I forget where it is, but that scoffers would come in the last days saying, where is the promise of his coming? that's where we are. People are saying, well, where is the promise of his coming? They've forgotten that he's coming. Uh, and I think if we put that in real life context, and I know that I'd like to think that we're a bit more honourable than this, but uh, if, you're, if your boss or manager is away for an indefinite period of time and you have no idea when he's coming back, you're just going to faff about. But if you know that he could be back at any moment, all of a sudden you are switched on, you're on your guard and you are keeping the place ship shape and making, doing all the things that you're supposed to do. Of course, that's what we should have been doing anyway. Um, but I think when we lose that, that concept that he could return at any moment, all of a sudden we've lost the urgency to be about his business. Uh, and I think that is what we see in the churches um, at the moment, sadly. I got a question. Why did you call it Awakenings? Why did we call it what? Awakenings. Why did you call, choose that title? For the Awake Conference mm. to wake the church up. Yeah, okay. To wake the church up out of the slumber yep. that we're in, uh, and to to wake them up to what we see around us uh, in these last days and the urgency um, that there is to be about the father's father's business. So exactly that, what we've been talking about. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Good question. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good thing to pray for boldness, and God will give us the words to say when people come across our paths, mm. and they'll be, and you'll have scripture just come into your mind if you're giving these words in your heart. If you're in it. And, and mm. I had That's what I always find the challenge. I had a real high yesterday because I was actually sitting in a cafe with a group that we do. We teach on the Holocaust in secular high schools. Um, but um, just the connection of the dots of the different ministry areas I was doing, and they were appreciating what I did for the Jewish community. And I didn't say anything. It was actually just what I did. But I think there's that challenge for all of us to know what are those key times and key moments where God wants me to speak out, where God wants me to do something particular? Um, I, I find that a challenge, but when it comes together, it's one of the best feelings in the world, you know what I mean? It's like God's just filled your sail, like you're seeing as well. But I think that's a real, a real challenge. Do we know the times we're in? Can we discern when it's time to actually step up and be stronger or pull back and just be a light? Mm. Yeah, it's a great challenge. Mm. Wish we all had a more time, eh? We could just say to Kevin, this might be that time. Mm. I was also just going to say, let's not, as a people, be afraid of the times that we're in. Let's not be fearful. Um, I know of a number of people that uh, have come to faith and are asking more questions. Why? Because as they look around them, they see the reality of Satan. And if they see the reality of Satan in the evil that's going on in the world, the perversion, the deception that's going on, all of a sudden they're open to the question of, oh, if Satan's real, maybe that means God's real. Uh, And there's been a number of people wanting to have dialogue around the deception and the evil that's going on in the world. And so knowing the times, what Kevin was saying, don't, there's a difference between saturating yourself and getting, um, depressed by the awfulness that's in the world. I'm not saying that. But we need to be aware of what's going on in the world so that we're not deceived and so that we can speak into those from a biblical perspective. Um, Let's not necessarily just listen to the narrative that's preached to us uh, from uh, the dais of um, the media or the government. I would add to that, stop watching a lot of TV news. Mm. Read your Bible as much as you watch the TV news and you'll be a whole lot more healthier and alert to what's going on because they saturate us with rubbish 
The idea of awake, back to that, is that people are asleep largely because of the distractions and the, the cloud of dust that the darkness throws up. And so easy to look at shiny things, which, which is not the light, it's fake light, um, but to be distracted by yeah, all the, and, and worried about all the things, which is why this kind of conference is so important. It lifts our eyes up to the the end result and if we know what the end's going to be we can orient ourselves to that rather than the latest little thing and another question that sort of came up to my mind i don't know if i want to tease this out is, is what is uh, i mean politically if we don't like the direction something's going how, how far do we go in standing up and, and pushing back because i think it's a good thing to do but what's that balance between the two acting politically but still trusting god to to do what he needs to do in the world mm. I guess put that as a question to you. <laughs> so how do we push back? Is that uh, how far do we go? I mean, for some people, politics, they want to pursue that. Is that something we should do? Well, individually, we just do it daily. Hmm. Um, the Lord may call men to be leaders in Parliament, hmm. to stand up. Um, if he hasn't called you to do that, I wouldn't do it. Still <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. still right there. Make your voice be heard, yes. Yeah. I, so particularly in the professional realm, I find it interesting that someone said, like, science, creation ministries, etc., mm -hmm. saying when you're older and you're established, you can actually speak out more because you, your career's not under threat. <laughs> and I think there's some yeah. truth in that. Mm -hmm. Once you're older, it's time to step out because you know, well, how much longer have I got? And, you know, what can they threaten me in the same way? Mm -hmm. Whereas young people trying to establish their career, they said, well, I, you know, I mean, it's what God wants to do. But I think there's some value in that too. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt that too, as you get older, say, well, maybe sometimes I need to be a bit firmer. Mm. What are they going to do? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And if there's avenues to take a stand, let's take a stand yeah. for Christ mm. um, yeah. and for uh, the things that Christ would take a stand for. If it goes against his word, let's take a stand. Um, mm. I think it's also helpful to be aware in the midst that um, the Bible, we've talked about, the Bible has said that things are going to get worse. Uh, and so we're going to stand against things that will pass. Uh, we're going to stand against things that the world will continue to push. Um, but how awesome that the Lord declared that the vengeance will be his. Uh, there will be a time that he will make all those things right again. And we can look forward to that with hope and joy. I like um, last Sunday when uh, Kevin shared about from Psalm 2, about the last part where the Lord says what he said. Do you want to pop to that, finish off with that? Mm. Psalm 2, was it? <laughs> what, did I, <laughs> what did I say? Yeah, I <laughs> oh, that, I, don't, I don't know which part you're talking to. Was the derision it? may be, yeah. Oh, that he won't argue, he won't debate. Is that what you mean? Yeah, mm. so, you know, they conspire together and they make all their plans. Yeah. God doesn't debate with them. He doesn't interact with them at all. He just declares what he said. I have appointed my son on the whole hill. That's what's going to happen. Mm. And you'll be dashed to pieces if you go against that. Mm. 
Hallelujah. And he goes, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. It's not a debate. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's, unfortunately, I, for me, the value of continually reading through our Bible, mm. because we in our era, and I speak for myself, have no idea what kingship is, really, mm. how kings work with the feudal system. If you don't read on that, but you start reading these laws, um, when it came up, you know, one go, maybe embarrassing here but some of these laws where it's just that's what's going to happen he doesn't explain why he doesn't justify it's like that's what's going to happen i'll, I'll tell you there was the one where it says if there's a fight between two men and the woman t grabs his genitals her hands get cut off and there's no explanation there's no it's like what and that came up there someone asked my daughter asked me about that as well but when we read the old testament you will get informed of what real kingship is and how real kingdom operates because it's not a democracy and it's nothing like what we're in now. Um, yeah, I'm more and more being convinced. I'm, I'm trying to read a psalm or a proverb every day. Wisdom. I want to think God's wisdom. As Einstein, my favourite Einstein quote, I want to know God's wisdom, God's, God's thoughts, the rest is details. Um, and then consistently keep reading through your Bible mm. so you're actually thinking, what is God's worldview of history and modern? Uh, yeah, Old Testament is awesome. Mm. It's just not what I think it should be. Are we the terminal, terminal generation? Yeah, we looked at about some of that uh, this morning in my session. No, no, it's fine. But you're right. I mean, we look around, we're starting to see uh, the ground being set for a global government, uh, a one world religion, a digital currency, uh, all these things that the Bible speaks of. Uh, if you read the Bible for what the Bible is, if you don't try and symbolize or spiritualize, the Bible speaks of these things. Uh, we see of the wars in the, in the Middle East that's taking place. Uh, all of these things, we see Israel back in the land uh, from 1948. Prior to 1948, that, that, like the whole concept of uh, the end times events couldn't have taken place without Israel back in the land. So these are all the things that we're seeing uh, that we're told to know the times. And, is it times and seasons or signs? And, I'm not sure. We don't know the date, but we see the signs. Mm. And every uh, generation uh, ends up in a sexual immorality because mm. it's the last, it's the, it's the end of it. Mm. Sodom, uh, Noah's time, Pompeii, mm. and now we're in a world, a whole world is all gone sex mad. Mm. So you know the patterns that were shared mm. this morning, the pattern is in place, the world's gone mad with sex. Mm. And uh, it's not far away. Mm. Not far away. Mm. When you look, 
I think we need to watch to know what's going on as well. We just need to watch to learn from it, not to be absorbed into it. So, just I don't know if it was mentioned this morning, um, I hope people watched sun, Sunday and last Sunday night where they actually did one on the, the gender mm. confusion mm -hmm. and the cost and consequences of young people. I couldn't believe it, that was finally being aired on a major, major network and of course ACL promoted it. Mm. We need to be aware because we can then speak into that say, oh, did you see what was happening on Channel 7? That's a different narrative to what's being said elsewhere. Mm. I think we need to see it to get the awareness of where we are and as we move mm. to Noah's time. It's uncomfortable and we've got to work out how much we do. We must be in the world, yeah. just yeah. not off. Yeah. And the Australian yeah. newspaper has got some very good articles in here. Yeah. Just got to dig them out because there's a lot of, yeah. Mm. 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 Good as time as any, if there's no more questions. If there's no more questions. Mm. Just a point. Um, the 1960s actually out of school they took the Lord's Prayer and uh, and Christian um, education. RE. Mm. RE. And uh, teenage pregnancies went through the roof the next year. Mm. So you remove God, yep. you're in trouble. Mm. Well, thank you. And Father, we just uh, come before you, your servants. Each of us, Lord, has a role to play. You've, mm. you've uh, brought each of us up in your family, your spiritual family. Lord, and we're varying degrees of maturity, Lord, but you have a role for each of us. And we thank you that everything we've heard today, Lord, will be helpful for someone, Lord. Your spirit will impress it on each of our hearts. Lord, and help us each of us to take these things and to, to let your spirit continue to impress them on us so that we can uh, go from here and use them in our daily lives and to be that light that we need to be. Mm. Lord, please help us to put away the darkness in, our, in ourselves Lord, as, as we let you work in <coughs> us to do that, Lord, to get rid of the things that are hindering, throw off the sin that so easily entangles and run the race before us, Lord. So thank you, Lord, for giving us some more fuel for that journey today. Lord, we pray for a blessing on each person here and um, a blessing on their tri trip home or wherever they're going next. And uh, Lord, we look forward to meeting again when you make it convenient for us in your name. So we lift it up all in Jesus' name.